I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. You know, if you want to be a better person, why got to wait until January 1st to do it? Why can't you do it in the middle of the year? I've never, I've never really done this. I've thought this was dumb since I was a kid. So I don't have any New Year's resolutions. You know, the good thing is, is that I lost a bunch of weight in 2002 and I've 2002, 2022, and I've kept it off, which is good. So terrific. Uh, I remember in college, we'd come back from Christmas break and the weight room would be packed. You could not get a bench. It was full of dudes. And this continued for like two months until spring break. And then after spring break, everybody went away. So pretty typical. Uh, I am not looking forward to 2023. I am not. I am happiest when I am working my ass off and I have less to do next year. I have much less to do, which you think it would make me happy. Like I'd have more free time. I don't want free time. So I got to find something to do. Uh, but I will be getting, I will be graduating in June. I'll be getting my MFA and my third book is also coming out in June. So I got some stuff to look forward to. I hate having a blank slate at the beginning of the year. I, especially with regard to performance, you know, it's, I get anxiety about this. Like you start the year behind a couple of percent and then it gets bigger and then you're trying to catch up and it, uh, I hate it, you know? So remember the markets do whatever makes fools of people most of the time. And I have a hunch that the markets will make a fool out of me in 2023, at least once, maybe even in January. Do you have any goals for 2023? I think it's good to have goals. What are your investing goals? Right, and a lot of people are going to say, "Well, I want to make twenty percent." Well, that's not a realistic investing goal. You know, a realistic investing goal is I want to make eight point four percent because that's what the awesome portfolio has returned annually, on average, for the last fifty years. So, speaking of which, last year was a tough year for the awesome portfolio, but it ended up okay. It ended up okay. It was it, re- it really it could have been a lot worse. So. Now, if you have savings goals, that would be a good thing. Maybe your goal is to save 40% of your income. That'd be a good goal. I can get behind that. So maybe you're saving for something in particular. Maybe you're saving for a house and you're like, oh, shit. Um, Interest rates are now 2% higher and I can't afford this house. Well, you're going to have to save more to come up with a bigger down payment so you have less debt. So, yeah, I mean, these are good goals. Maybe you're saving to pay off your student loans, but maybe not because you think they're going to get forgiven anyway. See, this creates all kinds of moral hazard. Now, nobody is ever going to pay off their student loans ever again. So maybe you want to contribute a certain amount to charity. You know, I actually just finished up a big charitable commitment. And this year, I'm probably not going to be giving to charity. I'm going to be saving money for my house. That's just the reality of it. So... Maybe your goal is to stay out of trouble, financially speaking. I think that's an outstanding goal. Don't make any big mistakes. You know, it's really investing is about avoiding the big mistakes. And it's, um, 
you know, I've I've had years where I ordinarily would have had a big year had I not had one major screw up during the year. In fact, it seems to happen every year. You know, I there's there's years where I was like, well, I could have made 30% if it wasn't for this stupid stock and it happens all the time, you know. And January 1st is an arbitrary place to start the year, but it's important because there's all kinds of behavioral finance stuff that happens around the end of the year, you know, like tax loss selling and stuff like that. So typically around January 1st, you will get a regime shift of some sort, you know, basically what used to work in the past won't work anymore. What wasn't working before will work now. Everything changes on January 1st and you can't really predict what's going to happen. So I've seen this a bunch of times in my career. I think you should have as a goal to pay off all your credit card debt this year, if you have any. I think that is an outstanding goal. And I I mean, I've known people with lots of credit card debt, but it's possible to pay it all off in a year and you should be doing that. So all of us are dealing with uncertainty. All of us are dealing with the unknown. And we make these financial decisions without being able to predict the future. For example, if you knew that you were going to get laid off in 2024, would you buy a house in 2023? Of course not. We can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's, I struggle with this a lot. You know, it's difficult to plan. Um, The only thing I'll say is that things usually work out in the long run, but One thing I will talk about in my book is how, and and this is the book, this is not the book that's coming out next year, but the one that's coming out the year after that in 2024, it's called No Worries, How to Live a Stress-Free Financial Life. One of the things that I'll talk about in my book is that debt is actually an expression of optimism. It is. For example, I'm going to buy a giant house and take out a giant mortgage and buy an expensive car and go into credit card debt because you know what? I'm going to be able to pay it all off. That's an expression of optimism, you know, and people like Dave Ramsey, you know, good for him. You know, he gets people out of debt and I think that's a good thing, but this attitude against debt is sort of an expression of pessimism, you know? You're basically saying that you will never be able to pay this off and you can't take this risk and you can't do it and you won't be able to enjoy yourself and et cetera, you know? So I, I, it's, this is something I struggle with a lot also, like debt is an expression of optimism and I am an optimist. I know a guy, I used to work with him at Lehman and, um, he is a he is a debt portfolio manager. He trades leveraged loans, and in his personal life, he takes out an enormous amount of debt, just a, an insane amount of debt. And the guy's just an optimist, and he just you know, and he spends money, and he doesn't care, and he never seems to get the margin call. Not that I'm rooting for that to happen, but like he, you know, it's it always works out. And of course, he's smart and he's talented, and you know, so. Being conservative financially is an expression of pessimism, you know, and so this is one of the reasons why I talk about balance a lot. I talk about balance between optimism and pessimism and balance between being conservative financially and being liberal financially, you know, 
And I talk about balance between being a CF and a high roller. You know, I talk about the balance between spending too much money and too little money. There's, in personal finance is an area where you get a lot of extreme solutions. And Dave Ramsey has been preaching an extreme solution for years. And it's a solution that's very easy to understand. You know, don't ever go into debt. Cut up your credit cards. No debt. And that's a solution that's easy to understand. It's easy to implement. And it produces results that are beneficial for a lot of people, you know, because if you don't have debt, you can't go bankrupt. Um, but I, that doesn't really capture the whole picture, you know. I'm building a house. And I don't, you know, there there are days, like right now, like actually, honestly, like I'm very... Uh, very skeptical that this is going to work out well, <laughs> but you know, there, there are days when I'm like, this is a huge mistake and I'm not going to be able to do it. And then I get these thoughts. I'm like, I don't deserve the house. You know, I, I'm a piece of shit. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bozo. Like I don't deserve a big house. And you know, one of the, the, the reason I bring up the big house is I, I think that Everybody at some point in their lives should buy a giant house, right? Everybody should everybody should have the opportunity to live in a giant house and enjoy that kind of luxury, right? And if you keep at this, if you keep saving, if you keep earning money, and if you keep investing, it'll happen over time. It'll happen over time. Uh, the problems arise when people tend to do that before they really have earned it, you know? And, you know, I am at heart a poor kid from Eastern Connecticut. And if you knew my background, you would understand why I might think I'm not worth a massive house, you know, but you have to walk through the fear. You have to walk through the fear. And other people have the awesome, the, the opposite problem. You know, they think they are worth everything and they spend all their money and go deep into debt. They think they deserve the best all the time. So you kind of go back and forth between these extremes. You, you, you have low self-esteem and you say, well, I don't deserve all these nice things. Then you have high self-esteem and you say, well, I deserve all the nicest things in the world. And the truth is someplace in between. And the truth is always someplace in between. And that's, that's what I like to preach. I like to preach balance. You know, I got a whole chapter in my book about balance. And you got to explain to people why they can't buy a Mercedes Benz on a $70,000 salary. It just doesn't work, you know. And that's 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 the problem that everybody likes to talk about is people living beyond their means. But a, another problem that people don't talk about is people living below their means, which is a problem, you know. I got family members that have a lot of money that live way below their means. And you're like, well, what's the problem with that? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I, I consider this to be a moral obligation. If you have worked hard and if you have saved money and if you have accumulated wealth, you should enjoy that wealth. Otherwise, what was the fucking point? You know, what, what was the point of doing all that? Um, so, Yeah. You want to live at your means, which is not such an easy thing to do. You know, it, it's being in the middle. It's that balance. You want to live at your means. It means being right-sized and not thinking too much of yourself or too little of yourself. 
see, a lot of this personal finance game is psychological. It has to do with our ego and our self-esteem. Other people with spending problems use shopping to feel better. And I get that. I get that. There, there's. I've done it before. Retail therapy, you know. I'm kind of down in the dumps. I'm on the couch. I'm pull up the John Barbados website. I start shopping for jackets and t-shirts and stuff. I've, you know, I've done that. Um, so it, you know, a lot of people do this as a cure for depression, and that's no good either. And it's also psychological. Like I said, this is a psychological game. And a lot of people who pursue this course of asceticism do so because they really believe they aren't worth the good things in life. Which is part of my whole shtick about how some people spend too much money, but other people spend too little money. You want to spend the right amount of money, which is much easier said than done. You kind of want to do personal finance like you play poker, tight and aggressive. Don't waste a bunch of money on stupid stuff, but go all in when you see something you like. And if if you want to make your coffee at home, that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine. Remember, it's not a million small things that determine if you're wealthy. It's a couple of big decisions that you will have at some point in your life. Anyway, I got a couple trips planned to start the year, including a DJ gig up in New York. My big party in New York is on March 10th, so keep an eye out for that. I'm going to Miami in February, and I'm going to Vegas in April. And I'm trying to do a little more music this year. I didn't do much last year. See how it goes. Thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you next time.